Want a piece of the Scott Adams Show and Red State Talk Radio billboard in Times Square and be part of the excitement? For a limited time, we are now offering a 25% reward to anyone who refers a one-minute annual sponsor to our Times Square billboard. Need extra cash? How about putting an extra $600 in your pocket each month for the next 12 months? Or earn more by co-oping a one-minute-per-hour ad spot with four 15-second ad partners? All you have to do is tell a friend or colleague about our unique and affordable billboard opportunity where we offer billboard space at discounted rates, and we will take care of the rest. From our design to photographs and video of your billboard ad. Visit scottadamshow.com and click on the Advertise tab to learn more about the terrific opportunity to promote, save, and win. Call 215-592-1600 now to learn more about the great opportunities of billboard advertising. That's 215-592-1600. Call today. God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I'm joined by Leonora Cabrera. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So we've been away for a while. Yeah, and people have been writing in wondering where we've been. <laughs> do, you want to, do you want to tell people where we've been or should I? Yeah, you could tell. Okay, well, we've been gone because kind of unexpectedly, Scott had surgery. Yeah. So um, it's no fun when you have your gallbladder removed right and it's also no fun when you kind of just find out about it and <laughs> after spending what was it seven eight hours in the hospital and all right so here's the backstory on the whole thing and then i have a very interesting uh medical uh medical experience story that lends itself right in the middle of this covid scandal and the scamdemic and i have to say um it really inspired this show because uh, of uh, the nature of, of where the government wants to control your life. Where, for example, the pharmaceutical companies control the lobbyists in Washington, D.C. with their big money. Uh, you have Obamacare. Obamacare uh, controls what you buy. They control what you pay. They control every aspect of your life they control how you'll die 
that's called a death panel, and they'll control uh, the reproduction, and they do that through planned abortions. They do that through vaccines now in terms of um, population control. And we talk about globalists moving people around the globe all the time. One of my experiences at the hospital, to which I was there for days and days, is that every, well, I would say 75% of my nursing staff was from Africa. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Africa. And I think that there was about a 90% shot, maybe it's 75%, was, was um, English-speaking. Like, right. um, like uh, they're from Maryland or somewhere you else. Mean, you right? mean American or, nat- or Native American, native no, speakers? No, native-speaking, like they were born here. Right. So the idea is that who? Why are they the ones getting these jobs? We talk about opening the border for caravans uh, with caravans, and these uh, to these uh, migrants are taking gobbling up the low income jobs that nobody wants to do. You know, the dishwasher in the restaurant, or the busboy, or. Um, the person that's working in the fields and the, on the farms. We talk about importing slave labor. And the only way you can actually get away with slave labor, especially if you're the party that actually endorses a $15 minimum wage and nobody should be forced to live like that, and we're the humane party, the Democrat party, they are also the ones that are supporting the cages and the uh, two standards of justice, the hypocrisy surrounding uh, the fact that they get $15,000 every time they cross our border illegally, and we get a measly $1,400 stimulus check. But in addition, uh, they get more. They get our jobs, our low-income jobs. And they keep them off the books. They keep them off the books so they can skirt around their own laws. And those laws are designed... I can I you know maybe they're not maybe they're not even knowing that they're designing them this way I think they are they think they do but they're killing manufacturing jobs they're killing the american working middle class every step of the way this whole covid thing did that do you know how many nursing jobs have been taken up by people from Africa well, let me just through say, these refugee programs and through this global migration? Well, let me just add a little bit to what you're talking about. There's currently a nursing shortage in this country, and so there's 11 million nursing jobs, n- nurses are needed to avoid a further shortage. And this has been going on for many, many years. So to your point, Scott, there has been a lot of global recruitment for U.S. nursing jobs. And that is what has changed the demographics of the people that you see taking care of you. And, that, and that's continuing. I mean, and, and the statistic I just cited that we need 11 million nurses, I, I kind of wonder, and I'm not trying to downplay bringing in people from other countries, but why don't more U.S. citizens want to be nurses when we're always talking about unemployment statistics. I think it's a great profession. It is a great profession. turned out that it was the American nurse, though, that actually created a a really ridiculous scenario. Oh, this is is in your story. Yeah. So getting back to to the story, I uh, had been in pain since Sunday of last week. And 
I could barely breathe. I uh, had so much pain. I thought for sure I had a kidney stone issue. It was right where your right kidney is. And I will tell you this. I had a conversation with my brother, Mike. And this was an issue where um, he he asked me some questions because he was curious because he thought, well, maybe he has something going on. He said, so where was the pain? I said, the pain was like right in my back, just above my kidney, uh, my right kidney, and severe pain. I thought for sure I would have bet the farm that it was a kidney stone. But I also had this front top of my liver, um, just below my rib cage and my diaphragm, a little burning, a little pain there too, but it was burning. So I'm only telling this story because I think a lot of people have these symptoms. And right when you think it's a kidney, it's not. My kidneys were perfectly fine. It was the gallbladder that was passing a 9-millimeter stone through a 3- to Mm 4-millimeter valve, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the idea is, is if you start to feel that kind of pain, like a pain in your upper back above your kidney, and maybe a little dis- little bit of discomfort, minor, uh, in the front, uh, chances are what, what you have is a gallbladder issue. So with mine, the uh, stone was lodged and stuck. So they removed the gallbladder, and that's generally a routine surgery. Well, there's uh, two different types. There's the laparoscopic, which is what you had, which involves small, a few small, different... In- small incisions s- that Several different incisions, away. and one of them is the one where they pull the gallbladder out, and then the other one is the open surgery, which is far more invasive. Right. So I had the, uh, my, the scopic one, and uh, so that was... I go into the hospital Thursday morning, they gave me an EKG, a CAT scan, an X-ray, an ultrasound. They gave me all kinds of stuff. Now, I have um, very good health insurance, and they must have seen that because they went and they gave me every test in the book. And I thought, they're making out like a bandit. I said, could you imagine how much this is going to cost? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so they were, you know gangbusters on, on what they were selecting for me. I had no choice. I'm just like a, a cow with a tag on my ear, you know, basically going from room to room, getting test to test. And I'm kept in the dark the whole time. But finally, they say, uh, I, they walk in, I think I'm just going to get a script and go home. Right. Well, that's, that was the whole purpose of us So going. I put my shirt back on uh, hours later. We went in at 11 a.m., this was around 7.30 p.m. or 7 p.m. And I decide, you know, I think that what's going to happen, they're going to give me a script. I'm going to go home. Let me just get my shirt back on. Nurse walks in. She looks amazed that I'm dressed. She's like, oh, and you're dressed. And <laughs> so next thing you know, the idea was that I was going to leave, right? Yeah. Um, I even have like, a text from you to that effect that yeah, you thought we were just your yeah. your actual text said something about we're wrapping up now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what I thought. So the I, that happened, and uh, next thing you know, I uh, was told I was staying. I said, "Oh wow, that's interesting." Oh, and by the way, we're taking out your gallbladder tonight. Yeah, and that will happen in about a half hour. Yeah, and I'm like, I like I don't have a, like any say in this. Yeah. But, of course, I wanted the pain to go away. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. 
And they told and you it was a routine procedure. So I stayed the night. So I go into Friday. And Friday, you know, happens. And they're, they're mitigating uh, the pain. And they're looking to see if their work was good. I get a whole bunch, another series of scans and, and uh, scopes and, and you name it, right? But here's where the kicker comes in. And this is where the story gets very interesting. The story gets interesting because one of my nurses decides to lie to me and tell me that I'm on uh, I'm on a very very small dosage of uh, of oxygen. But let's try it, right? Um, we're gonna give you put you on oxygen because somehow your O2 level. You know, like when you put your finger in that thing and it reads your oxygen, it's supposed to be 95 or above. Well, mine was low. It was like 80, 88, 89. I said, I think my body would do a lot better if you took the oxygen out of my nose and let me breathe on my own. That would allow my lungs to actually introduce themselves back. I said, you know, if you're stuck in a parabolic chamber for a week, yeah. Where it's pristine air. And then you're told to go run a mile uh, with it uh, on the track without the benefit of all that pristine air. You're going to be huffing and puffing. Yeah. Right. So I just thought this is the wrong way to go. But they didn't see it my way. And so they put me on a test. It turns out, though, that one of the nurses had me on zero. But she documented that I was on four then two, then one. So sat, sat, that's Friday, but they couldn't get the oxygen right. So Saturday, next thing you know, they drop me again a little bit. I'm on one. And the oxygen's supposed to go in the right direction, right? And it's not. So all the big surgeons are coming in, pulmonary and cardio, and they're all trying to wrap their head around this thing. And they're trying to figure out what to do. Maybe they'll give me an echocardiogram, like, ultrasound of my heart mm-hmm. which they did i wonder how much that costs thousands of dollars yeah, i'm sure that's not cheap yeah so an echocardiogram where they scan your heart every measurement of your heart all that oxygen that they said that they were giving me but it was actually set at zero and so many other other procedures and the additional night in the hospital so I stay over till Saturday. I think for sure I'm going to leave on Saturday. But they started playing this game. And next thing you know, I, you and I were walking around the hospital Yeah, we were doing a lapse. Room. And one empty room after another. Empty, empty, empty room. Now, it was about 50% full. But it was not 100% full. I wouldn't even say it was 50% so, full. So... Finally, another nurse that wasn't on the same page, didn't get the script, didn't get the program. She walks in and she says, you're on what? One? No, you're on zero. I said, so why do I have this wire strapped around my stomach and up my nose? It's discomforting and I can't get up and go to the bathroom if I want or I have to pee in this cup, you know, this this, uh, container. Um, because I'm strapped to these machines. And if I don't wear the uh, nose plugs, guess what? They're quick on that. They basically uh, put your oxygen back on. Yeah. Like, put your mask back on. In fact, when you went for a walk, you had to wear your oxygen and a mask. So, so far, <laughs> this is exactly the way the COVID mask 
mandate happened. They drummed up the fear with fake numbers. And they made a lot of money off of this. Anybody who invested in masks or stay-at-home industries Mm -hmm. like DoorDash or Instacart or Amazon benefited royally. Netflix. Yeah, Netflix, whatever. So they they benefited royally from this. And so I, I, I think it was the same exact playbook. And here it is. So finally my nurse walks in. And I'm not wearing my nose plugs anymore. I disconnected them. I folded them up, and I put them through my uh, t- my de- uh, my gurney. And um, she knew that I knew what was going on, right? And uh, she knew that I knew. And and the idea is is that uh, uh, what happened then was. That <laughs> I'm drama. No, no, no. What happened? What happened then was I was on my way. No, and, no, no. And you yeah. sent me a text yeah. explaining what had happened, just so, so you could document so everything. I she she asked me. Um, she I thought she was going to ask me for the mask, or for the um, nose plugs. Next thing you know, I was like, guess what? Good news. I'm at zero. <laughs> I'm at zero. And I don't have to wear the mask. And look, my number went up. I'm 95. I'm 96. And it went like that really quick. How great is that? Maybe I can go home today. Now, this was Sunday. This is Sunday, yeah. Now, they had fooled me on, started fooling me on Saturday. Right. Because they knew my numbers were right. But they kept it bed to serve. That created a shift that that gave a person a shift that they otherwise may have gotten pulled. So the nurses were in on this because they give you a, a longer stay. They actually have more work to do. So it's self-fulfilling, right? And the other part is that they uh, um, were making money off it through one scan and one. So I ended up talking to these doctors saying I'm on a very low level of oxygen so she had me lie to the, my own doctors, who then pers- programmed and pr- prescribed very expensive procedures, s- new scans and new scopes, to try to figure out the unexplainable. Why it is that I could breathe through the uh, little uh, machine that has the ball go yeah, up? Yeah, the thing that you... T- yeah, I used the same thing when yeah. I had my car accident. You, you blow into it. And... I believe I breathe. I you actually breathe from it. Right. You, you suck on it. Right. And um, so you suck from it. And gangbusters. Yeah. I mean that was gangbusters. You were hitting two thousand. I'm like I should go to Tokyo this this summer. Right. I I may be able to pull it off. Um, I'll be a walker. Right. But whatever it is. So next thing you know, I'm 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 doing all these things, and the the main doctors are seeing that they can't explain the numbers. So they're checking my heart and they're checking my this. How much money did that cost my insurance company? How much money? You have to look at all the tests that happened. It's incredible. And yeah, it was incredible. When you when you calculate them all up, how how much how many extra tests you had, the extra stay in the hospital, you add add all of those things. That's right. So the I confronted her. She said, "Yeah, I did lie to you." I did lie. Uh, I I, I uh, didn't tell you 
that you were at zero. And, uh, but now I'm the, you know, I can understand if you have a patient that's, uh, that's basically uh, addicted to painkillers and wants more painkillers or is a hypochondriac and, you know, wants and is lonely and wants to stay at the hospital another day because they'd rather be there with the royal treatment than to go home. So I understand that I get that. There are people that do that. But that wasn't me. I was actually trying to go home. I was actually trying to get off the machine, and they said no. So next thing you know, when I confronted her about it, about I, I texted Leonora to put it on record, and Leonora was coming for a visit. And she comes, and while she's there, the first 10 minutes, the supervisor walks in with another nurse, and I said, oh, you're the supervisor. And I told her about it. We all had this get-together. And I said, you know, if you can't trust your nurse, you know, is that the first time she lied to me? Or did she lie to me with a placebo uh, where she gave me uh, a Dilaudid for the pain that didn't work, but who cares at my expense, the pain, who cares if she could take that pill home and share it with her boyfriend, right? So, I mean... It's kind of one of these things where you have to be, uh, you open your eyes. She's also exposing the hospital to lawsuits. So finally, after I called them out on it, uh, we had that meeting. And next thing you know, they say, we're going to try to get you home tonight. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, your tune has changed completely. Right. Right. But that's exactly what's going on with this COVID thing. And it also dawned on me that this is how the medical field feels about you. They look at you as a chump. Yeah. They look at you as a as as just an opportunity to make money off of. Well, I have a, I have want to add something to this. While I was visiting you, I would be in the visitors area. And by the way, with COVID, I'm sure everybody's heard this. The hospitals have severely limited the the visiting hours. So the visiting hours at this particular hospital were one to five, and and they were always scheduling tests during that visiting time, so that it wasn't really one to five. You would disappear for periods of time for tests. But what, as I was arriving... Money-making uh, tests. Yeah, exactly. So as I was arriving on Saturday, I saw um, a mother and her son, when I say a mother, and a, adult, a woman with her adult son, and they had been told, and I overheard a conversation, they had been told that the father, the husband, was at the last stages of life and to call, his, call her son who lived out of state, call her, her daughter who lived out of state, have them come and say goodbye. The son gets there, flies at significant expense, expense because it was a you know short-term flight and he's suddenly told he can't see his father because of more covid regulations and then what ended up happening was uh you know again this is but this is the hospital try this is the healthcare industry trying to control you absolutely so um where was i <laughs> yeah well i'm, I'm just giving yeah. this to add on to what you're saying that yeah. it's the same thing okay um and I forgot where I was. Yeah, well, My, I'm, I'm still coming out of, uh, I'm, I'm on medication still, so. You know, you were talking about how um, they they lied to you and they made pro- and they profited off of it by giving you extra tests and having you stand so in the hospital So, lo and longer. behold, I got to go home on Sunday night, which was the key. I go to the pharmacy and, you know, again, this is the same, uh, this is the same thing that was done with COVID, Right. 
So COVID, they drum up all this fear and they keep you on this program and they extend it. They tell you you need it. Well, it started to come out that the states that aren't mandating masks are doing very well. The, the, when they've removed the restrictions, they're doing very well. And Dr. Fauci, we have some clips that are going to be very, very good here. But Dr. Fauci um, was wrong about this, as he was just about everything else. <laughs> but I went to, and I only say this because, I'm, again, I'm giving a consumer tip here. Um, but it is, there is an app on your phone that you can get. And it's free. And you don't even have to sign up. It's called good rx i don't if if you want to not you know spend that much money on your insurance like if your insurance covers it you don't have a choice you don't have an option to use good rx but if you're um but if you have a high deductible then you're gonna have to pay that right so the idea is is that um if your insurance pays for it and you have no deductible like I, my situation is, might as well go for the gusto, right? But um, here's, a, here's a situation. And this was just some, uh, Monday, yesterday. So it was oxycodone acidic metaphene, uh, $209. But if I use GoodRx, it drops the price down from 209 $209 to $12.09. Think about that, folks. Think about it. All I did was whip down an app, plugged in the, the uh, drug, and now CVS has to pay that price. Yep. Okay, so that went from $209 to $12.09. That's a pretty steep savings, right? Now, when you think about that, that's exactly what their price markups are across the board. And they're milking the insurance companies for all they're worth. And you think the insurance companies would be upset. But, but at the same time, I also thought that Foot Locker would be upset every time there's a riot in Minneapolis mm-hmm. and they get ransacked. Yeah. But they're not. They don't seem to be upset. They support the same people that are actually stealing from them and looting their stores and setting them on fire. AutoZone is another one in Georgia. And so, you know, again, they're, they're beholden to China. They're, they, they have these bottom lines that they have to... Uh, they, have a, they, they have an agenda. And this is the cost of their lobbying, I would imagine to a certain degree. But here's the here's the other kicker is that that's what Obamacare is all about. So Obamacare uh, was con- is, is controlling what you buy, what you spend, how much it costs, what insurance you're going to get, and they control how you end your life, what they're willing to spend in terms of end-to-life services. And they control reproduction through their Planned Parenthood connections, and they also, um, th- you know, they also control uh, your choices in terms of uh, what kind of medicine you can take. So they they basically control all of that, and then the pharmacies they control the lobbyists. 
So the pharmacies don't care about the insurance companies, but the insurance companies are making out like bandits still because, you know, so they're, they're also somewhat controlled mm-hmm. um, through, the, uh, through the medical, you know, through medical, there's medical, then there's insurance, and then there's pharmacy. And the government seems to be in control of all of these things. And they have you wearing masks. They're controlling the way you live your life. Whether or not you could walk out down the street without a mask or with a mask. They're controlling every aspect of your life. And this is what the globalists want. And then they move these populations around. Whether they move uh, people from Africa into science positions, um, uh, RN, um, you know, nursing, nursing techs. Um, different kinds of um, machines, you know, x-ray technician or whatever. But there's a a high demand for all of that stuff. So they import these people in because maybe they see it as, you know, our poverty population isn't capable of that. We have a poverty population that oftentimes is in poverty because of drug dependency and uh, and, and law, lawlessness. Uh, and it's hard to get those people to be lawful and to attend college and the programs and be a good employee. But a lot of these poor people from Africa, they actually don't party. They, they're not drug dependent. Um, they're not uh, uh, getting into mischief. Uh, they don't have any opportunity. Mm-hmm. But it used to be that we would bring the aid to Africa and now we're bringing Africa to America, whether it be in the lift that I took to the hospital or, or from the hospital, where they were from Africa, and both sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are lift drivers that are from Africa. There are, you know, so that's what's going on. You know, it all started with Bono in the 80s. And you knew then that it was endorsed by the liberals. And that's why the musicians love liberals and hate conservatives because all of this is good for their business and their bottom line i want to play a clip that illustrates this a little bit better and there's two clips there's one from uh, jim jordan and dr fauci and there's another steve scalise and dr fauci and uh so what i'm going to do is i'm going to pull that up yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think you're making a very good point about all that. And I think we're seeing a global shifting of our jobs. And healthcare is an example because you've brought in a lot of people. Uh, and, and it's not just Africa. You you have a lot of people coming from India. You have a lot. You have a, you do have a definite shift, both with nurses and technicians, et cetera. So let's take a listen to what Steve Scalise has to say. Because what he's going to say and listen closely, he's going to talk about a, a commercial flights they come in that bring people into our country from Texas. They're flying to Louisiana. Dr. Fauci, does this look like social distancing to you that you require when you talk about six feet? No. So in these cells, as you just said, they're violating the very guidance that you tell Americans to follow. A, a restaurant in the United States would be shut down today if they were being run like this. Yet the federal government, the Biden administration, is running this facility. You can see all of these young children who are next to each other six inches apart, many without masks, by the way. Does that follow your guidance that you've issued? 
No. Well, then, why would the Biden administration not go and stop this? I, I think one of the reasons is because President Biden and Vice President Harris won't even go see this for themselves. That's why I keep urging strongly that they go to the border. Uh, I'd love for you all to go to the border to see this so you can at least give recommendations. They're violating every guidance that Americans are required to follow. Dr. Fauci, does this look like social? So what he's also saying is they're flying in and people from the southern border are migrating through Texas. And there's another clip that that illustrates that even better uh, where he says this. And he's from Louisiana and they're coming into Louisiana. And you know how they had this plan to turn Georgia blue Mm -hmm. by importing voters. They're doing the same thing with the southern border and they're importing them through Texas. And here's the problem. The problem is, is that California is mistreating their people so greatly that the Californians are migrating to Texas or Nevada, but Texas is the big state. So they're creating incentives for people to move to Texas, relocate to Texas. But the problem is, I have many friends that are moving to Florida, and they're Democrats, and they're going to bring their politics with them. Do you know that Florida, for example, doesn't uh, have state tax? They don't have state on payroll. So, like, if you get a Social Security check, you actually save on state tax. There is there's no state income tax. So, so so if you go to Florida, you don't you don't pay um, for your uh, your Social Security or your IRAs later in life. But the biggest problem is that in every case where I know my friends that are moving there. They will not change their politics just because they're moving to Florida. They think that they're going to help Florida see straight. Meanwhile, they're fleeing wherever they were from right. for um, a, a, an assortment of reasons. But, you know, that's something to think about. Now, this Jim Jordan clip is five minutes and plus, but it's, it's a really great clip. I want everybody to hear it with Dr. Fauci. The chair now recognizes for five minutes, Mr. Jordan. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Dr. Fauci, do protests increase the spread of the virus? Do protests increase the spread of the virus? Uh, I think I can make a general statement. Well, half a million protesters on June 6th alone, I'm just asking that number of people, does it increase the spread of the virus? Crowding together, particularly when you're not wearing a mask, contributes to the spread of the virus. Should we limit the protesting? I, I'm not sure what you mean. Should how do we say limit the protesting? Should government limit the protesting? I I I don't think that's relevant to. Well, you just said if it increases the spread of the virus, I'm just asking: should we limit it? Well, I'm I'm not in a position to determine what the government can do in a forceful way. Well, you make all kinds of recommendations. You no. you make comments on dating, on baseball, on everything no. you can imagine. I'm just asking. You just said it, yeah. that protests increase the spread. No. I'm just asking. You should we try to limit the protests? No, I think I would leave that to people who have more of an, a, a position to do that. I can tell you, government that stopping people from going to church, Doctor Fauci. Yeah. Last week in the Calvary Chapel case, five liberals on the Supreme Court said it was okay for Nevada <clears throat> to limit church services. Governor, I, I mean, Justice Gorsuch said it best. He said, there's no, there's no world in which the Constitution permits Nevada to favor Caesar's palace over Calvary Chapel. I'm just asking, is there a world where the Constitution says you can favor one First Amendment liberty protesting right. over another practicing your faith? 
I'm not favoring anybody over anybody. I'm just making a statement that's a broad statement that avoid crowds of any type, no matter where you are, because that leads to the acquisition and transmission. And I don't judge one crowd versus another crowd. When you're in a crowd, particularly if you're not wearing a mask, that induces it's a, the it's spread. A simple, it's a simple question, doctor. Should we limit the protest? Government is obviously yeah. lim limiting people yeah. going to church. And, and look, I, I'm there's, not, been no, there's been no violence that I, I yeah. can see at church. I haven't seen people yeah. during a church service go out and, and harm police officers right. or burn buildings. But we know that. I mean, for 63 days, right. nine weeks, it's been happening in Portland. Right. Yeah. Well, one night in Chicago, 49 officers were injured, but no limit to pro no limit to protest. But boy, you can't go to church on Sunday. What was the? Uh, I don't know how many times I can answer that. I'm not going to opine on limiting anything. I'm just going to tell you. You've opined a on a lot of things, Doctor Fauci. Yeah, but I've never. This said is something that directly anything. impacts the spread of the virus, yeah. and I'm asking your 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 position on the protest. Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm not going to opine on limiting anything. I'm telling you what it is the danger. And you can make your own conclusion about that. You should stay away from crowds, government, no matter where the crowds government stopped, are. Government has, uh, government has stopped people from going to work. In fact, just in New Jersey four days ago, Ian Smith, Frank Trombetta were arrested for opening up, for trying to operate their business, their gym. They were arrested. But I, my, my bet is if these two individuals own this gym, were outside just in front of their gym, and all the people who were working out in their gym were outside protesting. They'd been just fine. But because they were in the gym working out, actually running their business, they got arrested. you think that's okay? You know, I'm not going to opine on who gets arrested and who does not. I mean, I, I, you get where I'm going. I'm telling you, as a public health official, I say crowds. Do you see the inconsistency, though, Dr. Fauci? There's no inconsistency, Congressman. There's what? No There's no So you're allowed to protest millions of people on one day in crowds, yelling, screaming, but you try to run your business, you get arrested? And if you stood right outside of that same business and protested, you wouldn't get arrested? You don't see an inconsistency there? I don't understand what you're asking me as a public health official to opine on who should get arrested or not. That's not my position. You could ask no, you've it as advocate, much as you you've want, advocated for and certain I'm not businesses. You've advocated for certain businesses to be shut down. I'm, I'm just asking you on your position on the protest. I'm I mean, not, I haven't seen one. We've heard a lot about hair salons. I haven't seen one hairstylist who, between haircuts, goes out and attacks police or sets something on fire. But we've seen all kinds of that stuff during protests, and we know the protests actually increase the spread of the virus. You've said that. I said crowds. I didn't say specifically. I didn't say protests do anything. So the protests don't increase the spread of the virus? I didn't say that. You're putting words in my mouth. No, I, I, want, I, would, I just want an answer to the question. Do the protests increase the spread of the virus? I, I don't have any scientific evidence that anything. I can tell you that crowds are known, particularly when you don't have a mask, to increase the acquisition and transmission. No matter so what you don't the have a position is. on whether the protest increased the spread of the virus or don't increase the spread of the virus. I'm saying that crowds, wherever the crowds are, can give you an increased probability that there's going to be acquisition and transmission. But do you understand Americans' concern? Protesting, according, particularly according to the Democrats, is just fine, but you can't go to work, you can't go to school, you can't go to church. There's limits placed on all three of those fundamental activities, the First Amendment activities, but protesting is just fine. You know, the, gym, the, gym, uh, the gentleman's time has expired, but the, I was just that was the bulk of that. But I thought that was great. Yeah. You know, 
he, and Fauci's been on record as, you know, well, protests, uh, this is America, whatever. But if it's church, he's like, does the double standard, right. does the does the hardline approach. There is yet another um, piece. Let me, uh, let me take a listen to this. When do Americans get their freedom back? Can you put your microphone on, please? When we get the level of infection in this country low enough that it is not a really high threat. What is low enough? Give me a number. What, I mean, uh, we, we, we had 15 days to slow the spread, turned into one year so of lost liberty. What metrics, what measures, what has to happen before yeah. Americans get my, their freedoms back? My message, uh, Congressman Jordan, is to get as many people vaccinated as quickly as we possibly can to get the level of infection in this country low that it is no longer a threat. That is when. And I believe when that happens, you will see... What determines when? I'm sorry. What? What measure? What, I mean, are, are we just going to continue this forever? Or when, does, when, does, no. when do we get to the point? What measure, what standard, what objective uh, outcome do we have to reach before, before Americans get their liberty and freedoms back? You know, I, you're indicating liberty and freedom. I look at it as a public health measure to prevent people from dying and going to the hospital. You don't think Americans' liberties have been threatened the last year, Dr. Fauci? They've been assaulted. Their liberties have. I don't look at this as a liberty thing, Congressman Jordan. Well, that's I look obvious. At this as a public health thing. But, but, uh, the, I disagree with you, you on that. You think the Constitution Please. is suspended during, a, during a, a, a virus, during a pandemic? It's certainly not. This will end for sure when we get the level of infection very low. It is now at such a high level, there's a threat again of major surges. Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, over the last year, Americans' First Amendment rights have been completely attacked. Your right to go to church, your right to assemble, your right to petition your government, freedom of the press, freedom of speech have all been assaulted. I mean, for a year now. Americans haven't been able to go to church. Even today, when they go to church, they're limited in the size of, of, of worshipers who can meet. Your right to assemble? Oh, my goodness. We had a curfew last fall in Ohio. You had to be in your home at 10. In Pennsylvania, you had to be in your home. Uh, when you're in your home, you had to wear a mask. In Vermont, when you're in your home, you didn't have to wear a mask, Dr. Fauci, because you weren't allowed to have yeah. people over to your house. Yeah. Yeah, Congressman Jordan. Your ability to petition your government well, for a year, for a year, American citizens haven't been able to come to their capital to petition their government to talk to their representatives and freedom of the press. These very pictures that Representative Scalise just showed you and talked about, guess what? The press isn't allowed in those facilities. The press is not, the Biden administration will not let the press in there. And certainly freedom of speech. I mean, freedom of... Governor of our third largest state meets with, with physicians, and, that, and that's, that, that video is censored because they dare to agree, disagree with Dr. Fauci? So I just want to know, when do Americans get their First Amendment liberties back? You know, I don't think anything was censored because they felt they couldn't disagree with me. I think you're, pers you're pers making this a personal thing, and it isn't. It's not a personal thing. No, you are. That is exactly what you're doing. No, your recommendations carry a lot of weight, Dr. Fauci. We just had the, the chair of yeah. the Financial Services Committee said she loves you, and you're the greatest thing in the world. Will My the recommendations are consistent. Will the gentleman yield? No, it's my, it's my no, time. Can I answer the question, please? My recommendations are not a personal recommendation. It's based on 
the CDC guidance, which is which is and which I'm asking the question: What measures have to be attained before yeah. Americans get their First Amendment liberties back? I just told you that. I no, you haven't you. given anything specific. You said we hope when this third. Tell me specifically. Right now, right reached. now, we have about sixty thousand infections a day, which is a very large risk for a surge. We're not talking about liberties. We're talking about a pandemic that has killed 560,000 Americans. I, I, and That's I get that, what we're Dr. talking about. And, and I don't disagree with that. And I understand how serious that is. But I also stand it's pretty serious when businesses have been shut down. People can't go to church. People can't assemble in their own homes with their friends, with their families. People can't go to a loved one's funeral. People can't get to their government, petition their representative to redress their grievances. Right. I also understand the First Amendment is pretty darn important. And it's been a year. And I want to know when right. Americans will get those First Amendment liberties right. back. Well, you just said people cannot assemble in their own homes. They can. That's a CDC recommendation for vaccination. Not last fall they couldn't. I'm, I didn't hear. Not that. last fall they couldn't. I, I didn't hear what he said. The gentleman's time has expired. Um, I'll give you one instance of when we can get our liberties back. It's been 90 percent. Of the members I, of the United States Congress get vaccinated. Well, I want to know if that's what Dr. Fauci is. It 90 percent, Dr. I'm, Fauci? Is it 90 percent? That's what I'm. That, that's what I'd like to know. Give me some. Give us some objective standards versus when certain things get reached, we might be able to get back to having our liberty. When? What are the numbers? Well, You're going to see a gradual. Uh, from the right now, we're at an unacceptably high level. We're at, on a daily basis. It's unacceptably high regardless of who you are. I what you're going to see as more and more people Clyburn. get vaccinated and we get over 3 million people a day, you're going to see the level of infection come down and down, and gradually there will be more flexibility for doing the things that you're talking Where about. Where does it get to? When it comes down, what number do we get our liberties back? Tell me the number. When Tell me the number. 90%. All right, so the other clip I was looking for, I couldn't find. Um, and I know there was some duplication in the two. Of course. But um, he holds up these pieces of paper and says, here's the top 10 list of COVID cases. And every one of those was a state where they had high control and mandates yeah. and restrictions. And states like Texas are having the best numbers that they've ever seen. Well, you're, you're starting to see some factors coming into play. I mean, you, you have warmer weather happening. You have people getting vaccinated. And as we keep saying, and we've said for well over a year, you have herd immunity happening. I, and, and there is some truth to the idea that the masks constrain you a little bit. We talked about this with you and the oxygen. When you were required, you're walking around with oxygen on and they also tell you you need to wear a mask. Is that helping you? I mean, isn't that shortening your breath? What about people whose visions are obscured when they're wearing masks and they're out? You know, I mean, there's there's a lot about the masks that is not proven. and But we've been given this uh, narrative. We've been told masks will stop the spread. And it's not completely true. Right. And then there was um, Dr. Fauci. Uh, where Gateway Pundit says, what a fraud. Dr. Fauci warned that Trump campaign rallies was dangerous, then refuses to condemn leftist street protests and riots. Of course, we've seen that double standard for a long time. And what we're complaining about is that the, and why is it that the medical profession is covering up for the deep state and for the left? And that's the question. 
they feel like they're part of that eds and meds formula. Yeah. Right. So, for example, Philadelphia was that's called that's considered an eds and meds city. Well, because the the uh, the largest employers are eds and meds in Philadelphia. Education, Penn, um, a and lot a, of different colleges, and loads uh, of hospitals. And, but Penn being the biggest, yeah, one Penn in Philly. is the Penn is the biggest University of Pennsylvania is the biggest employer in the Philadelphia metro area. Right, and then across the street from Penn is the hospital. All right, and there's tons of hospitals. children's hospitals, and tons, all kinds of stuff. So it's an Eds and Meds town, and they're all academic. They're all academia. They're all based on theory. They're all based on data. But what data? Like Dr. Fauci owns over a thousand patents. And he benefits by ch- picking and choosing. I mean, this guy is is a thug, a little man syndrome thug, who can't throw a baseball, <laughs> right? I mean, but it gets deeper than that. Yeah. Because what happened to me never happened to me before. I haven't spent much time in the hospital, but I will tell you that. It was blind disrespect to me that they would lie to me about the numbers and keep me over. One of the other things I said to them in, a, in the meeting, I said, you know, you guys have me staying the night tonight, which makes it impossible for me to do a show tomorrow. Mm-hmm. To which case, I did get home Sunday night, but I, and I wasn't able to do a show on Monday. Um, and uh, today's my first day back, and... It's a little bit of a struggle, I'll be honest. But, you know, the the idea is that um, I said, you know, there's a lot of people that d- d- depend, my advertisers and, and a lot of other things, you know, the numbers, uh, what we're doing with Bugle Call and Magapack. There's a lot of other issues, things. I'm a busy man. I have lots to do. And I can't do it from a hospital bed. And... When I, I showed them, my, uh, which is on my phone, my Times Square billboard, and I said, look, I have a syndicated, nationally syndicated show that goes across the country, and you're basically, basically asking me to cancel this show and all that comes with it, all the different people that are part of that support system. Um, for what? Because you're playing games with oxygen levels that get you uh, a really pricey, echocardiogram and I hear they're expensive yeah they're expensive but here it is is that they they get all this business they manufacture that themselves they set it up they created that whole scenario and I called them on it and I think that they were in fear that they were going to if they kept me another night that would have made it even more so much more of a fraudulent fraud in terms of money that Cigna, you know, my health insurance would have probably been right there to uh, drop the ball on, drop drop a uh, litigation on them. And even them sending you home at night, I don't, you know, like after but, visiting hours had stopped was probably not the best idea. But where is the ethical standard? Yeah. yeah, they should have let me uh, go the night before, but they, they they should have let me go earlier in the afternoon. Right, and they. Uh, they said, well, I have to wait on the results of the echocardiogram. I can't leave before that. Uh, and then they ended up getting the results of that echocardiogram. 
And it was great. Okay, great. I get to go home. But it wasn't... Uh, they also promised that the pain uh, medication yeah. uh, would have been available to me. It wasn't. Yeah, the pharmacies were closed, and the, and you were sent home. You you basically took yourself home because they had sent... They I got in my own lift. Because the visiting hours were closed, I had already left because I'd been sent home. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's not treating you properly as a patient, you know? No, so they, they don't really care about you. And uh, this was just out and outright fraud, right? That's what it was. It was just complete fraud where they filled a bed that kept the nurses working. They filled a bed to get me more tests that cost an, a, a lot of money. And wouldn't you know that my echocardiogram was perfect? Yeah. Why in the world did I need an echocardiogram if all signs show that I'm good? Yeah. Well, the only reason why is they couldn't explain what was happening. And they couldn't explain what was happening because some nurse decided to take matters into their own hands and play games with my life. And uh, that's the part that I think gets me the worst. And that's happening all the time, and that's why we all need to be aware. You know, my parents used to always say doctors, uh, nurses, et cetera, these people are not gods. You have to always be an informed consumer, and you have to always ask questions and advocate for yourself. Right and on. that's particularly true, in, uh, you know, under uh, the corona sun. Right. As this exactly. continues. Yeah, that's right. And here, we're, we're, we actually have our music fading out right now, but somehow the track system that's in place is not the right track system. So uh, we're going to just continue on through. We, we're gonna, when, we, when we break to the end, we're not going to have any track uh, with regard to the exit. Um, but there's a new Stanford study that results face masks are ineffective to block transmission of COVID-19 and actual, actually can cause health deterioration and premature death. Sort of like that oxygen that they mandated I take. So I look at the two as very similar. And by you know drumming up those fearful numbers, uh, which were based on study, analysis, whatever, that Fauci was involved with, they got to close the country down. They advanced China's footprint in the world in terms of economic and global economic power. And they also, as globalists, uh, were able to rig elections by doing the mail-in voting. And you better believe that we need to put a stop to this. We need to stop and stand up. There's more of us than there are of them. There's more of us than they are. There, are, there are of them. And we need to realize that and just say, no, we're not going to pay our taxes. We're not going to foot the bill for this thing if this is the way, the way it goes. Absolutely. Well that, well, that brings us to the end of the show. I know I'll do a better show tomorrow, I promise. I'm sure I'll everybody's be, just happy you're here. I'm getting stronger every day. So stay with us, and we'll see you next time on the radio. My name's Scott Adams. My name's Leonor Corvetto. Bye-bye, everybody.